Hi, everybody. We're really excited to announce the fourth Beyond Label Summit that's happening on June 14 to 15 here at Polyface Farm in Virginia. The ticket link is here in the uh, ad and the tickets are through Polyface Farm. This is our fourth one. We have learned along with you things that are most needful for you and things to make this just a special, special memory. Sina, who are our keynote speakers? Yes, I am very excited. Our speakers this year are Dr. Leland Stillman, along with yourself, myself, Holistic Hilda, and Sayer G. So not a lot of people know this, but I have been trying to get Sayer to be our keynote at the Beyond Label Summit for now, for three years running. And he finally, I wore him down. He finally said yes. So we yes. have Sayer coming to be our keynote speaker. The speakers we chose are perfect for our topic. We're, we're detoxifying the body, mind, and spirit. We are going to explore both ancient and modern detoxification strategies and help you create a personalized detox plan tailored to your needs. When you detox properly, you can increase energy, boost your immunity, slow down the process of aging, improve sleep. And detoxification, as our listeners know, is a critical component to reverse any kind of disease, chronic or autoimmune disease. And Joel, this year, we have our first ever Kids and Teens Club. I'm super excited about this. We have um, something for now the kids to do while the adults are off learning. We have you, Hilda, and myself who are going to be interacting with the kids, teaching them different things, sparking creativity and curiosity in about nature. Joel will be leading a farm tour, telling a story time with the kids. I'll be foraging with them and helping them read food labels. And Hilda will be singing songs with them and teaching them about forgiveness. So this is our first offering, but space is limited for that program. That's great, Cena. Uh, and, and so you're everybody's going to be able to tap into Cena's creativity and this additional option on the summit. So it's very family friendly. And we look forward to seeing all of you here. We're only eight hours from half the nation's population. So it's not that far. And we look forward to seeing you here June 14 and 15 this summer at the Beyond Labels Summit. What this new research is, is showing where they took the meats, conventional and organic, from US and Australian major um, grocery stores. What they saw was this hydrogelographene contaminant in grass-fed Angus beef, organic ground beef, conventional ground beef, conventional pork, and actually conventional half and half. So they tested the milk because we know from previous reports that the mRNA can be transported into breast milk in humans. So the scientists wanted to check, well, is it showing up in, in the cow milk? And again, she did see a hydrogel in the cow milk. Sometimes they are finding as much as 50 of these hydro, hydrogel structures in one drop of blood. Hello, welcome to Beyond Labels. I'm Dr. Stina McCullough, and I'm here with Joel Salatin, our favorite farmer. Hi, Joel. Hi, Sina. Okay, so Joel, we just aired that three-part series on an update about what's happening with vaccines in our food supply. Now what I want to cover is a story that I found out about from Z Media, and it's it could be related to that three-part series that we just filmed. So on Z Media, um, they aired the, a recent segment about an alleged hydrogel structure that's been found in meat. Okay, so Dr. David Nixon and Dr. Anna uh, Mahalchi, I'm not sure how to pronounce it, um, they purchased different meats 
from um, main major grocery store chains in the United States and in Australia. They purchased both conventional meat and organic meat. And what they did was looked at the, the meat blood using different types of microscopes. And they're saying that they found a contaminant, all right, some anomaly that's not supposed to be there. They say it's a synthetic contaminant. It's likely a hydrogel structure, which is basically a plastic that can self-assemble, which already in and of itself sounds really kind of sci-fi spooky, right? Some plastic that can self-assemble. Um, it's also known as graphene. Okay, and we'll get into that in a minute. But they showed slides. These are slides that they looked at under the microscope. They showed them side by side. There would be slides of blood from the from meat, um, conventionally grown meat, for instance, versus slide from the blood of a person who was vaccinated with the mRNA injection. And they both contained the contaminant and the contaminant looked identical. All right, and now, if you recall, there were people who were reporting on possible contaminants in the mRNA vaccine um, a, a, a while ago. So there was, for instance, uh, like Mike Adams, he reported he saw something in the, in the vaccine itself. There was an investigation by Dr. Ricardo um, Delgado Martin, uh, followed by a technical report by Dr. Campra. And the report was called Detection of Graphene in COVID Vaccines by Micro-Raman Spectroscopy. They claim that some, not all, some of the COVID-19 injections contained graphene. That report was published in November of 2021. Basically what they did, um, Dr. Campra, he examined 28 samples, right? 28 COVID vaccine samples that were selected at random from four different companies. The identification of the graphene oxide structure was quote, conclusive in eight of those 28 samples. In the remaining 20 samples, the report says there was a, quote, very high level of compatibility with undetermined graphene structures. But it, it was different than the standard that they were using for this analysis, so they couldn't say it was exactly the same. So conclusively, they said they found this contaminant in eight of the 28 samples. After that happened, if you recall, people asked um, the European Parliament to conduct an independent lab investigation to analyze these samples for graphene. And, um, and I'll put the links for all of these in the show notes, but basically the parliament said, no, <laughs> we're not, we're not going to do that. It's already safe. There's nothing in it. We're not going to look into it any further. So my point is this has not been confirmed, right? Um, there's been some scientists here and there that have been studying this, um, looking under microscopes and whatnot and they are seeing some kind of contaminant, but it's not conclusive in my opinion. Okay, now research is, is showing the one that was aired on Z Media where they took the meats, conventional and organic, from U.S. and Australian major um, grocery stores. What they saw was this hydrogelographene contaminant in grass-fed Angus beef, organic ground beef, conventional ground beef, conventional pork, and actually conventional half and half. So they tested the milk because we know from previous reports that the mRNA can be transported into breast milk in humans. So the scientists wanted to check, well, is it showing up in, in the cow milk? 
And again, she did see a hydrodel in the cow milk. Sometimes they are finding as much as 50 of these hydrogel structures in one drop of blood. So they concluded that potentially there could be many of these structures in the human body. Um, if, if the humans are eating this contaminated meat and it's actually getting into the body. Okay. They did say that it used to be that you could find this contaminant in the co in some of the COVID vaccines and you can find it in the blood from a person who was vaccinated with that vaccine. Now it's alarming because what they're saying is when now they're looking at blood from some unvaccinated people, in some of those people, they're seeing this same contaminant. It wasn't there when they were testing the vaccinated people just a few months ago, according to those two scientists, and now they are seeing it. So what they're trying to do is figure out First of all, let's confirm that this contaminant is a hydrogel. It is graphene, right? That's not conclusive. We need to confirm that. And then we need to find out where is this coming from? Okay, what they're saying is the hydrogel has a ribbon-like structure. And from their experience in the lab, it's unlike any other contaminant. So it's not a hair, it's not a cotton fiber, it's not worms. They've stated that it's synthetic biology or it's a hydrogel that looks like a fiber optic cable. It will actually fold on itself. Um, another scientist reported that when they were looking at these you know, hydrogel structures, they actually left it overnight on the slide and the ribbon structure grew. It's self-assembled, right? Um, and it grew even faster when it was near a Wi-Fi router. And that means that um, if it is graphene, right? Gra we know graphene can absorb radiation. Um, both of these scientists are saying that this looks like graphene. Okay, and so now just a, a little note on graphene to say why, why would we care? Okay, so there's a contaminant in there. Um, why is it a big deal if it is graphene? Why are they spending so much time, effort and money trying to figure this out, okay? So graphene oxide, and this is published in the scientific literature. Graphene oxide is widely used for delivery of biomolecules because it excels in loading and delivering an antigen. Okay, we talked about antigens in the three-part series, um, how you, the antigen is pretty much the heart of the vaccine, right? It's what the body is going to trigger an immune response against so it can um, develop immunity to a given pathogen. So the graphene oxide is very good at delivering an antigen and it shows potential for activating the immune system. Okay, it's also used in photothermal treatments of like cancer, for drug delivery, antibacterial therapy, um, in medical imaging. Why? Because graphene oxide is good at absorbing radiation. So the concern is if it is in the vaccines or if it is in the food, that they have found with contaminants and we eat it and it does get into our bodies, it could be highly toxic because it's really good at absorbing radiation. It also um, aggregates in biological liquids and it also induces cell deaths. All right, so um, we're hoping that obviously it's not in there, <laughs> but hopefully they're wrong. Hopefully this is something else, okay? Now Pfizer has denied that graphene is used to make the vaccines. 
in a Pfizer document, they acknowledge though that graphene is used during testing of the vaccine in the validation process. It's used to test if the mRNA of the vaccine can lead to the production of the spike protein. But they claim the validation process is completely separate from the manufacturing of the vaccine. Um, there was a study though published in June of 2020 that said the following, in the future, it is expected that the, this graphene oxide is expected to be introduced into vaccine research to improve the efficacy of vaccines. So there, I'm not saying those two, uh, I'm not saying that Pfizer's lying. I'm saying that there is already work being done to introduce graphene oxide into vaccines. I'm saying that Pfizer did use graphene in the validation process. They're denying using it in the manufacturing process. Okay. So well, fortunately, fortunately, Sina, uh, whenever Pfizer, Pfizer speaks, we can trust them. That, yes, that, that, that's one thing that's one thing we can all agree on that when <laughs> Pfizer speaks, we listen, we bow and we believe. I'm right there with you. But Joel, in this podcast, I'm wearing my science cap. So, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. no. I'm trying to be unbiased to, to take them at their word that they did not contaminate it because I can't prove it. Right. I, 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 I totally agree with you. I don't trust them farther than I can throw them. But yeah. yes, but I can't so, prove that. Right. I, I, I get it. I get it. So, so, um, so we're kind of in this murky, in this murky, uh, whatever, you know, murky area uh, that we can't really see through. So in, in, during the, uh, the three-part uh, MRNA podcast that we did, um, you mentioned that the research is indicating numerous uh, possibilities of, of allergens. I know that during the GMO, the genetically modified organism uh, fights that we had, you know, back 20 years ago, there was uh, a a plethora of uh, of of allergies of new food allergies because uh, because you know when when they're when they're uh, combining genetic structure in plants and animals um, and not only do you have a religious thing you know, you put you put pork DNA in potatoes and then feed it to a Muslim well you know they're not happy to be eating pork DNA in their potato you know you had all that gnarly stuff plus then you had you know you had uh, uh, allergens being developed you know mixing mixing plants and plants and so we, we mentioned that so I was just uh, in in Texas speaking at a conference and two um, different, you know, functional medicine doctors came up to me and said, have you heard about all the new sudden allergies to beef? And um, I I had heard from a couple of people here, but it wasn't like, well, they said, well, we're in the epicenter of it. You know, it's, it's really happening here in, in Texas. And, um, and so it got me to, it got me to wondering about, about the, you know, the paths, you know, where are we in this and where are the paths uh, crossing in all this because normally almost nobody's actually allergic to red meat. I mean, that just doesn't make sense. Um, and of course I, you know, I told them to, to, to get some from us and send it down and see if, see if people had a, had a, a allergic reaction for it. I, I'm, I'm certainly hoping not. Uh, but is, is there any relation here? Is, is that, is that entering into the picture? <laughs> 